As Christian parents, when we raise our kids to believe that the Bible should be the final authority of moral truth, we need to know how to interpret scriptures for ourselves. And this starts with the book of Genesis. What we understand about Genesis will help us better determine what the rest of Scripture says. And with that, we'll have a better chance at knowing how to glorify God. Today, we'll talk with Del Tackett to find out the significance of answering the question, is Genesis history? And what it may have to do with raising God-fearing kids. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm really glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, fully accredited, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, as more parents seem to be spending less time in the Bible, would you attribute the lack of Bible knowledge to some of the fundamental problems that many parents are currently experiencing with their kids these days? Well, I certainly would. Uh, I'm always amazed at, at how many Christian parents seem to have virtually zero understanding of what Scripture says about raising kids. But I think Scripture might get another swing at being respected as a whole if the book of Genesis was better understood. I say this because, you know, so much of the rest of the Bible is built upon what is written and rightly understood in Genesis. Uh, as with a lot of things, you know, when the premise to any story, uh, any argument, any philosophy, ideology, uh, or theology gets skewed uh, for any number of reasons, then any concept or argument, crazy as they may be, uh, that comes after the acceptance of that false premise can actually start to make sense. I think we're seeing a lot of that in America today. Mm. And, and it, it's not just about the subject of child rearing. If you believe the premise that poodles can fly, then you might see a rational need to build a treehouse for dogs. If, if you believe that kids have the same rights as adults, they should be able to get surgery and become the opposite sex without their parents' permission. And if you believe that Genesis is nothing more than allegorical stories that are open for each reader's subjective interpretation, well, the sky is the limit as to what you can conclude about the rest of Scripture also. So I think it's important to understand that there's actually physical evidence along with other evidences mm -hmm. yeah. for the fact that Genesis actually is a book of history. And that'll affect how we read the rest of Scripture again, and therefore we, how we live our lives and therefore how we might raise our kids. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, I'm really looking forward to our conversation with our guest today. Del Tackett is our guest on Licensed to Parent, and Del is well-known biblical worldview teacher and author. He is the creator of the Truth Project and the Engagement Project. He is also host of the new feature film called The Genesis History. But Dell wants to be known as a tour guide, a guide that takes you on an incredible excursion, like the most breathless place possible, to gaze upon the face of God and to understand how His nature and character undergird all of reality. Welcome, Dell. 
Hey, thank you, Michelle. I appreciate that uh, introduction because that's true. <laughs> that's exactly how I see myself. <laughs> that's so well, cool. Well, it's so good to have you back. It's been a while. I, I, I think uh, we had you here when Rich was, was hosting the program. That's right. Uh, when the film was just coming out. What's been the response since it was first released? You know, uh, it has really been uh, quite uh, breathtaking. When the film released, it kind of took the film industry by surprise because uh, I know one theater uh, outside of Nashville, uh, every screen was uh, sold out for, in other words, uh, the Is Genesis History movie had been moved from uh, one screen, then two, then three, and uh, that's all they showed that night in all seven screens, Hmm. and still had people on a waiting list. And I I don't say that, I mean, God is the one in charge of that kind of stuff, but I say that uh, to give an indication that I, I really believe that there are a lot of believers uh, who want to know that they can read the scriptures without a PhD telling them, or you're just not smart enough to, <laughs> to know uh, that this really can't be true. I mean, if you were really intelligent, uh, like all of us um, with big degrees, uh, then you would certainly know that you know that's all myth, and so it was uh, it was exciting uh, for me to see that kind of, of response, and and even in the post uh, release period, uh, there have been a lot of people who are now you know viewing the DVDs and all the extra DVDs that we made. It's been quite uh, popular, I guess you could say. A lot of people are taking advantage of it. Well, Del, help us understand. I know we have some listeners who probably did not hear the first interview with you just before the film released. So help us understand what the Genesis history is about. Well, the uh, first of all, the it's it's basically a documentary that is is setting forth the premise that what we read in Genesis concerning uh, the creation account, the creation narrative, and including. Uh, the Noahic flood. That that is not myth. It's not just poetry. Uh, it can't be, um, you know, shifted off as some allegory or something in light of our current uh, scientific paradigm that states that evolution is the primary uh, mover in terms of everything that we see around us. Uh, that there is no grand purpose in any of. Uh, that created uh, you know, the universe around us. But isn't that uh, the slam-dunk premise that a lot of psychoscientists scientists use that isn't necessarily the slam-dunk that other scientists would say is the premise they need to base the rest of their story off of? You mean the slam-dunk uh, that uh, the narrative... Evolution. That evolution, yeah. Being the premise. Yeah, that evolution is... Uh, that is the, the premise, and it's the it's a substitutionary view of how things uh, have become so complex and quite exquisitely mm-hmm. complex uh, in the world around us. But quite frankly, that doesn't make sense because... Uh, but like Christianity, it's, it's faith. It's, it's based on faith, based on evidence. And it's, 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 uh, we're looking at the evidence for creation we exercise faith based on the evidence we have for creation. They're exor- that's, that's our premise. They're exercising faith based on their premise. So don't we kind of have to 
get that sorted out before we can really have a conversation with someone who who doesn't believe that Genesis is history? Well, it's it's a really great point uh, because, uh, you know, Jesus said he who has ears to hear and eyes to see. Mm-hmm. And, and so in a lot of cases, I have been convinced that uh, just uh, providing evidence uh, for people who do not have eyes to see or ears to hear is not going to yeah. change much. But see, my purpose, my my calling from the very uh, beginning when the Lord really uh, (laughs) took my life and made a huge detour with me was to get the body of Christ healthy. Yes. Uh, And so my target and and the Is Genesis history target was not the unbeliever. The Is Genesis history target was the body of Christ uh, for them to to look at the evidence uh, that uh, we find in the world around us, and uh, to be reassured that God has spoken to us clearly, He's spoken to us plainly, mm-hmm. uh, that when we read His Word, you do not have to have a PhD in order to understand whether you're reading poetry or history. And this uh, account, as you said in the very beginning here, the account in Genesis is critical for our understanding of the rest of the scripture. It lays the groundwork. Uh, if you take that groundwork away and you, sh- and you um, shelve it onto some genre of, of uh, allegory or poetry or myth, uh, then you've lost all the foundations uh, that are uh, necessary for the rest of what God is, is telling us. Mm-hmm. Is there any reference to Jesus Christ in the book of Genesis? Well, I think, I think everything in the Old Testament points to, to Jesus. Uh, now, we look back at, at the Old Testament uh, through the lens of the New Testament, and we, we see it more clearly as a result of the New Covenant um, in Christ. Uh, but what we, what we know from um, the Scripture in the New Covenant is that Jesus was the Creator, that he is the one who is actually doing that creating. We don't know a lot of that, the details and the mystery of the of the triune nature of God. Some sometimes overwhelms us, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the reality is that um, Jesus uh, was uh, the creative person uh, in that in that work. And of course, in Genesis, in the garden after after the fall, and we have the. <laughs> we have the trial, so to speak, uh, where God is there and Satan and Adam and Eve are now gathered before him. And and God issues that most incredible promise of the seed uh, that would come and eventually make all things right. That, of course, was pointing towards Jesus. There is no doubt about mm. that. And that word... Uh, usage throughout the scripture of the seed uh, is a very special meaning uh, for us. That's what mm-hmm. Paul said, you know, in the fullness of time, God sent for the son, born of a woman. Um, and so, uh, yes, the you know, Jesus is everywhere in the scripture. He's not yeah. mentioned by name, of course, there, but uh, he's there. Yeah, and then knowing scripture as a whole helps to conclude that. Uh, We're coming up on a break, but I want you to be stewing on a question I want to ask you when we come back. Uh, I know Jesus had made some comments with reference to Genesis, and I want to ask you what are some examples of this and what are the implications 
uh, that we should uh, extract from those examples. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Del Tackett. Del produced and was the host of the feature film Is Genesis History. We'll continue our conversation with Del after this. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a fully accredited one-year residential program for teens in crisis. Today, we are helping you, the parent, think through why it's important to know our Bible, particularly the first book, Genesis. Our guest is Del Tackett. And Del, before the uh, the break, I commented that uh, Jesus had made references to the book of Genesis and I just kind of wanted to, to ask you if you have some examples of this mm-hmm. and what are the implications uh, from those examples that, that parents should draw from this? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I, I think, first of all, the example where Jesus was talking about rising again from the dead and he referred back to Jonah, you know, referred to the Old Testament. Right. Uh, but in particular, when we talk about the creation narrative, uh, Jesus was being confronted uh, again, by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and so forth concerning uh, divorce. Uh, Jesus pointed back uh, and said, don't you know that in the beginning, God made them male and female and talked about making them one. And then he said, you know, what God has m- made one, you know, don't, don't tear apart. Uh, my, my rough translation. <laughs> but anyway, Jesus is making... Uh, the statement there uh, that is based upon 
apparently was his understanding of the reality of the historicity of Genesis and that man did not evolve over millions and millions of years and that at one point someone called uh, in this mythical story an Adam and an Eve uh, but there were uh, two people who were created by God and they were created male and female and they were made by God to be brought together in marriage and that marriage therefore was not to be uh, put asunder as Jesus said. So these are several of the places where Jesus is is um, is helping us understand that uh, this narrative of Genesis uh, cannot be taken anything but as historical narrative. Gotcha. Uh, so do you feel that the question is Genesis history uh, is as important as the question is Genesis science? Uh, I think it is uh, critical for us because what is happening. And the reason, actually, that uh, Thomas and I uh, decided we needed to make this film uh, was because an understanding that goes under the title Theistic Evolution had become so prominent in uh, our seminaries. Um, And that is a a proposition that evolution is true. The scientific paradigm that we have today is true. Now, how can we somehow squeeze the scripture into that paradigm? Well, the only way you can squeeze the scripture into that paradigm is to declare uh, that it is not historical narrative, but it's another genre as poetry or myth or allegory or something like that, uh, which means that basically you can make it say whatever you want. And so with that uh, premise, what is was happening in this in the seminaries uh, I've taught seminary, so I, I know what happens is that you can't drop that kind of a truth claim into a seminary and let it sit. Seminary students will take it, and they will begin to mull it over, and they'll begin to say, well, if this is true, uh, then this is true. And so if you begin with uh, the premise that evolution is true, and uh, the historical narrative, as we would call it, of Genesis is really nothing more than myth, then there is no real Adam and Eve. Uh, the, this is just a, a mythical allegory of people. Well, if Adam and Eve are not real, then the conversations they had with God are not real, and the fall is not real. Uh, and and all of a sudden, the whole notion of original sin uh, and the reason for Christ's coming, and even uh, the words of Jesus, as we talked about just a minute ago, Trace, uh, all of those things now come into question. Yeah, And so we were having uh, somewhat of a, a crisis, I felt, uh, in our seminaries. If you have a crisis like that in our seminaries, then it's not too long before it's a crisis in our churches. Right. And so that's, uh, that was the compelling reason to want to do this, because I felt the body of mm-hmm. Christ needed to understand that the scientific paradigm that is being pushed upon us and the theories by those who believe that paradigm to be true first, and therefore you have to squeeze the scripture into it, are just not true. And we have, we have a lot of physical evidence and evidence from scientists who are incredibly smart uh, that uh, supports that historical narrative. And so that was, that was the basis, really, for one to do the film. Hey, Dell, I'm just curious. You know, so many people strive to read through the Bible— every year, usually starting in January. I 
was one of them too. You read for the first week or so, you get through Genesis, and then all of a sudden, you're just like, "Well, it's it's so much work." Um, God <laughs> well, has you must redeemed have got to that. <laughs> what? You must have got to Leviticus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, for me, when I first when I first tried to start going through the Bible, it was I I sort of like ended in Genesis, but slowly, God has been redeeming that because. Those first few books of the Bible are so rich, mm. and I, those are my favorite books. But my question is, why is the historical foundation of Genesis so important in understanding the rest of the Bible? Well, you're right. It, it is foundational. It is critical. Uh, because it is there, it, the very first words uh, set out for us in the beginning, God, that He is the eternal God who existed uh, before anything existed. He is the God who created everything, therefore, it all belongs to Him. Uh, you know, we have all these people today who say, It's my body. Well, you can say that, but in the reality, it's not yours. Uh, it all right. belongs to God. And so right from the get-go, we have the fundamental understanding of who God is and who we are as his creatures. Uh, but from from there, we understand the whole notion of fruitfulness, that God created all of his creatures to be fruitful, and that fruit brings glory to God. We understand uh, the notion of, of Satan and rebellion and the consequence of rebellion. We understand why there's evil in the world. You know, a lot of people talk mm -hmm. as if Christians have uh, the problem with evil. That's not true. If you follow naturalism, you know the world's broken. You can look around you. Uh, you know mm -hmm. there's, there's evil. But if, if there is no God, if there's no true right and wrong, then you, you have no basis to call anything evil. Uh, and, and so right. the Genesis gives us the basis of that. It tells us why there's a fallen world. Uh, it tells us in the beginning why that there was a battle between the seed line of Christ and the seed line of Satan. Um, it tells us that there will be a redeemer of the seed uh, that would come. Um, I mean, it just is so chock full of all of the fundamental foundational mm. pieces and parts upon mm -hmm. which a, a biblical worldview rests. And, and that is why it is under attack. And many who want to attack it have said that. You know, if you, if you destroy yeah. Genesis, then you destroy the whole thing. Yeah, well, that's, you know, you destroy any foundations, any building or anything else, sure. everything else is going to crumble on top. But uh, one of the topics of ridicule about Genesis is the talking snake. Uh, how, how should a parent diffuse that ridicule when Junior comes home uh, and he says he, th he thinks he's debunked the validity of Genesis because snakes just don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we do know is that it was Satan that was tempting Eve. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, Satan somehow had been using uh, the body of a snake. And that snake was obviously in a different form. Uh, than it is uh, today, because uh, one of the punishments that is listed there in, in Genesis chapter 3 is that uh, God took the, the legs away from the snake. So it's really a different creature now. But uh, Satan had obviously what we would call possessed 
uh, the the body of that creature. And we, we see that happen throughout the scripture. We see demons possess uh, people and so forth. So, so this was um, Satan, who is an angelic being, and how the angelic beings can possess bodies, we're not really sure. Uh, but mm. it is part of the historical narrative, and, and there yeah. is nothing in that narrative that would cause us to think that that portion can be viewed allegorically. Well, there's another objection to faith in God and His Word, and we get this a lot from our kids here, uh, that miracles just don't happen. And, you know, I've often wondered myself, uh, are miracles just science yet to be discovered? You know, we get to heaven and ask Jesus, hey, how'd you make that hand go back to normal? And he tells you, and you're like, well, I could have done that. And he's like, yeah, you could have done it, um, but you didn't. Is, is there any, any merit to that idea that maybe we just haven't discovered these things yet? Well, I suppose that one can make that statement. And it's a statement that would be hard to disprove because to some extent you're trying to prove a negative. But, you know, the greatest miracle that has ever uh, been witnessed in the human realm is the miracle of the resurrection of Christ. And I suppose that someone could say, well, you know, uh, you know we just don't know enough science uh, to help us uh, explain that. Well, the reality is you can't look around it anywhere today and find people that are being resurrected from the dead. Um, now, mm-hmm. at the resurrection of Christ, we were told that, that God did resurrect bodies uh, of, of other people at that time, and they were used as a witness you know, to the resurrection of Christ. But certainly there are things, there is no doubt we can find some things uh, that we would say uh, there was a time when people looked at these things and they thought they were a miracle, but uh, now we understand uh, scientifically that can be explained uh, in a different way. But I would be cautious in that too, because this current scientific paradigm is based upon naturalism, and naturalism is a paradigm that says there is nothing outside of the natural realm. So even if there is a miracle, naturalism has no way to allow that in. Uh, so yeah. that's what happens to creation scientists when we point to acts of God, then it is it is automatically called unscientific because they have redefined mm-hmm. what science is. Um, or if we look at something and we say this uh, manifests clearly uh, the aspect of design, uh, then th- that is labeled as unscientific because there can't be anything in naturalism that would lead one to think there is design because it's all all happened as a result of random, mindless, purposeless processes. Well, it goes back to the false premises again. But in 1900, if someone would have said there's going to be an American flag that human beings are going to plant on the moon, they would have said outside of a miracle, that's not going to happen. But just 68 years later, before men could even fly off the ground, because uh, that didn't happen until 1903, uh, we put a flag on, on the moon. But we are out of time, brother. Thank you, Dell. Thank you for sharing your ministry with us and your heart for God. Well, thank you, Michelle. I appreciate being here, Trace. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you and your listeners. Absolutely. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Dell Tackett. If you're interested in learning more about Dell and his ministry, go to DellTackett.com. And also for more information on the movie, Is Genesis History, go to IsGenesisHistory.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. 
licensed parent is a small part of a larger organization that is Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill has successfully been treating teens with addiction issues and behavioral conditions through our nature-based therapy program for boys and girls ages 12 to 17. And you can learn more about that at licensedparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Ambry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.